Welcome to It's a Grand Life. Did you know that in the United States alone, 2.4 million kids are being raised by their grandparents or other family members other than mom or dad? 2.4 million. It's a Grand Life is a podcast for those grandparents and kinship caregivers who are committed to making a difference for those kids. Grand families are in every neighborhood, every city, tribe, and territory nationwide. If this is you or someone you love, this podcast is for you. Our goal is to offer hope and resources to help you. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us wherever you get your audio podcasts and leave a review. Every new subscriber and review helps us reach others that need assistance. Welcome to another episode of It's a Grand Life. Hello, my name is Craig Nash. We'd like to welcome you again to It's a Grand Life. And we've got our friend Bob Rubel back with us. Remember last time he was talking about his role as a kinship caregiver to his niece and gave us a lot of insight as far as what the real world is like when you pull a young one out of a very challenging situation, very similar to an, a lot of our, uh, uh, our guests and listeners here on It's a Grand Life. But Bob has gone even beyond that. He, he was, yes, he was concerned about his niece and, and, and had a wonderful, stable environment for her and all the challenges that go with that but he really became an advocate in the state of california to the point that if you're friends with him on facebook you see pictures of him getting on planes and going to the uh uh, the the city halls and the 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 seats of government in california and really uh, lobbying for improved rights and access to care and other things for grand families and the uh and the uh, the the kiddos that are involved but bob how how did you go from being just a concerned kinship caregiver to a passionate advocate in the state of California? Well, I ran into the deficit of information, the deficit of care, all of this. So for me, what kind of made me start thinking was I had a specific question and nobody had the answer. You'd call, let's just say you'd call in and they'd say, well, you know what, let me get you to this person. And then they didn't know the answer. So you hang up. You call, you get somebody else, and eventually you get. The, and I thought this doesn't really need I, to me. I could be in a in a um, in a crisis situation, right? You know, and I, or 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 whatever. But to me, it, it seems pretty simple to pull these things together and have it in a way, or have a person, at least at the county level, that that can be the filter on where to send people with questions. And it didn't exist. It absolutely didn't exist. And that's why I invited myself to a county meeting one day and said to them, you know, told them who I was. And I said, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm the guardian. I said, I'm out here on the island. You may never know who I am again, unless I screw up. Then you're going to know me again. Right. Or know me of us. And all I wanted at that point was for them to recognize that um, there's people out here just because you closed the, the case. It doesn't mean that it goes away. There's no, you know, so so that for me was um, important to start doing that because I, you're in a county that's very, uh, what's the word I want? Anyway, nobody wanted to hear your idea. The culture was nobody wanted to hear your idea because they already have the ideas. That's the way we've been doing it forever. Right. Which, oh, I, I, I dislike that comment very much. And you could come up with ideas and they and then nobody would listen and i said this is bs totally you know you know you want to keep this child with me in the guardianship 
you don't want her coming back into care because that costs you boatloads of money. Right. But you're not giving me anything to, to, to work that. I have no tools in my toolbox. I need, I need some stuff. I need help. I need to go to this direction. So that's what really got me started in advocacy and just being willing to talk. Just take my time. Like you said, I, I came back from the state capitol here in California. That's all on my dime. And nobody pays me for that or anything. And it's never been that way. I just think that it, it just means I'm going to do it. I did right. it. And that can help make change. Just one guy can then affect maybe 30 people, 40 people. So. And in this journey of being a advocate for kinship caregivers, have you found other folks on your journey that are in the same boat, that, that are as passionate as you are in, in the state of California? I know you're part of the national organization, but um, yeah. And, and and have you found that when you advocate, if, if you go with larger numbers, you they're more willing to listen to you? or And uh, so how, if you were talking to a real neophyte like myself, who's brand new at this advocacy program, how would you start out? What would you recommend? Well, I would think that you would start with something that some needs that you have or some concerns that you have that are affecting your personal story, your, your family. And, you know, get to the point where you're kind of frustrated why it can't change and which in some people it just comes naturally and then and then um i mean i i probably said some things i shouldn't have said along my journey you know but i'm not a politician i'm not any i'm just i'm just this guy right and i'm sure i upset some people because they didn't think of things and rather than changing the culture of hey that's a good idea you know we're all working on it as a team and, and it's and it's changing that so i would say you come up with something that that you're dealing with today or tomorrow that um you can't seem to get an answer for you have nowhere to, direction on where to go to get the answer um that because you need a in my opinion i think you need a you need a, a purpose to do it right not just to be there to be there right i mean i'll go i mean i sit in a big room and there's all these women in there i'm not up there for that i'm up there to support them as they are there to support me well what it really surprised me the the, the more the longer i look at this situation when when i th think about the folks that there's many folks in our country as you know bob they have not prepared for retirement on their own and then they, they they're heading towards social security they think that's going to save them for everything and then they get one two three grandkids that uh, or um or nieces and nephews that are now um, in a situation where no one's taking care of them so they bring them in and now they've got three additional mouths to feed I've been just shocked at the low um, financial support that's available for uh, for family. Is it that way in California as well? That that there's just not a lot of monetary support for folks in this situation, even though it saves these the government thousands and thousands of dollars by the work that you do. Well, yeah, I just saw a figure. I forget what the figure was. It was how how much money does it cost to have one child? in congregate care in a county facility versus at home with a family member it was i think the ratio was like 10 to 1. it was out there I, I don't know the numbers specifically but it was just like okay so let's just say you're saving five thousand dollars a day that excuse me a month here and you're paying them twelve hundred dollars a month where's all that extra money going to right and it it could go to support other things so it's you know you've got the mouth to feed you have the clothing 
you know, a hundred dollar a year clothing allowance for a teenage girl is that's a pair of shoes nowadays, right? right? Sorry, yeah. ladies, but it is. It's a it's a it's a pair of shoes. And um, I think that the other stuff is where the finances need. I mean, you know, you're I don't know what your system, your backup system, one day you may want to just fly the coop and say, I need a couple of days. Right. Right. It's... Can the child go stay with them? Oh no, they have to be provided. They have, or excuse me, they have to be licensed. They have to be this, that, everything. Well, you're you're acting as a parent, so you should be able to make some decisions. Right. Right. Um, but there's, I would say, financial support. I mean, me, I, I'm a little bit different, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't in great need of financial support. It took them about a year to figure it all out. Right. How? Because it was. Um, as a kinship provider and this and that in California or at least our county but you know it was it was okay because I put the money off the side and, and paid for a lot of her college stuff even though she got some grants it was always the stuff but it's the other things like you know the, the other big one is childcare. you know obviously I was a uh, leave the house at six o'clock in the morning got home at three I couldn't do that anymore I had to take the child to school right and I went and did my stuff and then I had to go back and pick her up. If I didn't, I can't not pick her up one day. That's not going to look good. So, and I had no way, nothing until, until she made friends. And then we started, I started working with a, a couple other moms and we just did a natural thing that parents do. So there's, there is a lot of different things as the, as far as visitations, we were just talking about that last week on who, you know, the judge gives, tells you, you need to provide visitations or allow a visitation. Well, the problem is the mom lives in Reno. So I'm just using an example, Las right. Vegas to Reno, because I, I deal with a, a company there in Las Vegas, whose responsibility is to drive and the time and, and all of that. I mean, you want the kid to be normal. You want them to have access to their family, but right. some <clears throat> people are going to hit them pretty hard. And um, so yeah, there should be, you know, that's, there's always, there's always going to be, as long as I've been, there's always been the thing about money, you know, where's my money? I need more money. I need more money. I never, I, me personally, I just didn't, that just never applied to me. Right. And, and, and that's a huge blessing because that's an additional strain that, uh, I'm understanding with, in, in some States, the reimbursement or the support can be like $78 for some of these things. And, and you know that's like a tank of gas, and it, it's, uh, um, it, and as you were saying, it's like a pair of shoes. So it's there are definite financial considerations to think about if when you're becoming a kinship caregiver, and it's it's a blessing if that is not a huge problem. But um, I was yeah. talking to a lady here in in Oakland County, Michigan, that works with 110 grand families and kinship caregivers and and that's a uh, the financial theme is one she hears over and over and over again and uh, it's just just a huge let alone all the other things like uh, scheduling the play days and who's going to pick up uh, your niece uh, uh, after school and that type of thing that's uh, you know you need like a software program to manage all those things it seems but uh, yep. so so you identify a, a cause that you are really feel very passionate about and that becomes uh, the at that moment that becomes the thing you're going to advocate for and then you have certain folks you reach out to or at the county government or at the state government how do you start um i i met a gentleman in a conference in 2014 and i sat through his session it was a, a kinship conference 
And I sat in the very back of the room, Barry got the last seat in there. And I remember him, this is when I was trying to figure out what can I do? What can I, how can I help? How can I advocate? How can I do it appropriately and not be the door slam on me and all this stuff. And what he told me, what I learned in that lesson is, is you need, you need to at least have some connection at the state level. Okay. Here, here in California, we have 58 counties. So each county's uh, child welfare system or family services or whatever it's called, it's called all kinds of different things, um, is is separate. So if the state has a mandate to do X, Y, Z, this county may say, oh, well, we'll do Y, Z, X. This one's going to say, well, well, you read it, Y, X, Z. So you have all these different these different things. So if if for me to get it to be at the state level and to be able to advocate at the state level, at least you have a govern a government agency like the state that then sends out these letters and they call them ACL all county letters on things that are changing, and you can you can do that. If I walk, if I tried. I was working with my county, and I was trying to get some things changed. Like I said, um, you know, when a child. Uh, hate to use the word placement because she's not a placement. She's a she's a family member that came to live with me. Right. In orientation, tell me what's going on. I, you know, my phone's ringing off the hook. I tried to do that at the state level. Ended up having to to get it up to the excuse me the county level. And then the state level was that was one of the things I advocated for. These poor people. I don't mean poor people. Meaning inexperienced, uneducated on what's going to happen. Don't stand a chance. They're 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 drowning because they right. don't know what. What they can do, shouldn't do. Do I take a collect call from prison? What do I do? You know, right. So, so for me, I think I think this. Uh, I think the question coming back is is at the at the state level is probably the most important. Obviously, I can go down to one my my one county out of the fifty seven other counties. I only have I can do with well, actually I work with a couple of counties, but because you kind of separate, you like always oh, from Orange County. Boom. Or, but I but I work with an agency in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, River, other counties. But I've always referred to he's from Orange County, right? So that my county might do it differently than San Diego County. And right. um, consistency among the counties, or I think other parts of the United States, they're I don't know what they call them. Uh, you call them counties? Yes, we, some we, of them call them we, parishes. Some of them, right. you know, there's all kinds of different jurisdictions on how. Yeah. How it is sometimes the welfare system spread is the whole state or right. split. And so, I know we have the county situation here in, in Michigan. Huh? So, so you'll you'll find a a cause that you want to advocate. You'll start at the county level and then kick it up to the state if you need to. Yeah, and usually, and you usually it's your uh, I became associated with this agency in Los Angeles, um, and the person that that associated now she is now the deputy director of. Child and Family Services in the state of California. I'm very wow. was a very good friend. Now that I'm sitting next to her and trying to be all proper because she's got a <laughs> label. But you know what? She's not a label. She's right. Just, she's an advocate out there kicking butt for for kinship people. Right. She just happens to get paid a bit for it, and she has a little more influence now. So to me, that's where I became associated with that. And somebody asked me one day, "Hey, would you want to come to a uh, a?" Uh, called health and human services meeting or something at the state capitol and do testimony i don't know what is that well you come in and you introduce yourself and you tell them a story uh your story you know it might be particularly skewed because we're talking about child care so right. i might bring it towards that level and just to be sitting there in this huge room i i 
first time I'd ever been in a state building. I mean, it's beautiful in here, you know. I'm big chairs. I'm sitting here. I got a microphone. I've got 100 people in the gallery. Yeah, probably Here's me. I'm trying, I'm, yep. I'm trying not to, you know, be nervous. And but they listened, and then they asked questions. And I thought, you know what? If I can do this, why can't anybody else do it? You know. Um, I decided that I, I'm not one of the guys going to stand up and start banging on the table and say, we need this. This is BS. This, you know, you, I don't know if you call it work the system in a way that it works best for you and for the children or what you're advocating. And Bob, what would you say is the, uh, your best outcome for the, the, the kids you've represented and the, the causes you've advocated for? Well, I was involved with, uh, this agency in Los Angeles County just right for me. And she's, she's the one that she's a, was a lawyer is a, a legal agency called Alliance for children's rights. And she was a lawyer there and she was the head lawyer that did with the kinship. And we started doing that. And we talked about the state of California was going to mandate that any caregiver. And I'll just back up for a second. When I became a legal guardian or when the child came to me, I had, I had no requirements to get educated. I, I, they, they scanned me, printed me, did all that kind of good stuff, made sure I didn't have a background, but I didn't, they didn't mandate what I do with this. They didn't have any education. And that was for the people that wanted to have that. They had to go out and find it like myself. The state of California decided that they were going to do this thing called, uh, I hate the word, but it's called resource, resource families, resource parents, because they couldn't, there's just no good word. You know, I was a relative caregiver that evolved to kinship. And then obviously the national agency generations united which is a great agency you uses grand families and i and i can translate the two right they yeah so uh i lost my train of thought here um <laughs> help me bump me back yeah. well you were just talking about your uh, one of the your your greatest outcomes. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so what so what it happened so the state came up with a proposal that they were going to require everybody any child that was formally placed meaning the child had been removed into the system and formally placed that that family was going to have to be approved approved would be licensed training trained whatever all you want to say the bad part was is they said you know and then once they become approved then we can start to pay them or reimburse them I said, no that's that's crap right that's why why is it different I thought a foster parent who's trained and licensed they're getting the minute that child hits the door right 100% why not us and then of course the state 58 different counties took them you know was supposed to take 90 days it took two and a half years for people to get approved. So say three years. I was right? worked on this thing called the Step Up Coalition. And we, we um, not we, but I was one minuscule little person in it, got that in place. So it, it was basically funding at the time of placement would be the, the way that you would say it. And uh, that to me was, was successful because- That's huge. That's yeah, it, huge. It, it was huge because why you're using these people. What happens if they're for a year and then they don't get approved? Oh, right. Let's see, exactly. Child over here. It's, it's <laughs> that, well, that was another one. The other one, the other one that um, I worked on, I, I don't mean to take up too much of your time. This one was really important to me. Here in the state of California, we have this thing called FERS. That means uh, Family Urgent Response System. Okay. So if I was having a meltdown, I was having this and that and this and that. Right now, I'd call, I'd call my friend Gail, which we talked about earlier. 
people some people don't have that place to call and they can't just call somebody up from the state you know wearing a badge behind glass and say i'm about ready to this kid you can't you can't do that we're all human beings and right we've all been there. so so the big thing was was to have this line or thing staffed by people with lived experience right so right. i could say well you know this is what i did as opposed to okay they just said they're going to hit this kid now we're we're scared and so people wouldn't use it if it wasn't staffed by different people so that was another thing i think that i was part of but like i say i just was Part of it i went through the state capitol and advocated for it with all my local members here uh, constituents where my my constituents were with me and we got that so now we're working on something else so if you want to go into that we can go into that but we can do that another day so but, but um bob those are two huge home runs and you couldn't have done that without knowing the intricacies of what works and what doesn't work in the kinship caregiver scenario and just right. for our listeners at home i want to make sure you are not a professional politician. <laughs> Do I look like one? <laughs> you, you don't know. You don't know how many times I bit my tongue because I wanted to say some words that I probably don't want to say, but um, because they're live words, they're life words, they're right. things that happen. Passionate words. Absolutely, and we've all been there. And yep. uh, but but you are an electrical contractor, right? And uh, by, by by vocation. And yep. uh, you got into this because of your passion for your niece, and now uh, you're passionate for all of the uh, uh, the kinship situations across the country, including my granddaughter and and all the folks we work with at Generations United. And and I just love your story. I love your passion. And uh, uh, and you you're not new to this. You've been doing this for 21 years, and uh, um, it's just absolutely terrific. And uh, I'm so glad we're friends. And I hope that you always know you have a home here on It's a Grand Life. And and when we and next time we're going to talk about the new issue that you're wrestling with. And and um, but thanks so much for being our guest here on It's a Grand Life and for all the work that you do for the grand families all over the country and especially uh, our friends in California. Great. And I want to say thank you for having me here. And I hope uh, the people that listen to this can take can take something. Not everybody's going to take it. Not everybody's going to take the certain things. But if it can, if it can do some help and help somebody and teach somebody that you you do you can have a voice and you can make an impact. Maybe not singularly, but you 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 can. You just the difference is you just have to get up off the, your duff and and do it. Uh, I mean that's all I can say. So thank you very much. It's very educational. I've never done a podcast before, so this is very good. You're a very well, good host. Thank you. Well, Bob, you just have uh, uh, just very easy to interview. You got all this ammunition and it's just uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, I knew it was going to be great when I met you on our conference call uh, last time. But uh, we're going to have you on again many times to just uh, continue to advocate and get folks across the country doing what you're doing in California. But uh, thanks so much for being our guest here on It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us today for It's a Grand Life. It's a Grand Life provides vital content, regulatory updates, and subject matter experts that are committed to supporting the 2.4 million kids and their caregivers from every neighborhood, every city, every tribe and territory nationwide. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Every new subscriber and review helps us reach others that need assistance. As caregivers, we are united in purpose. 
We are driven by hope while providing strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We are truly making a difference in while living the grand life. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, please reach out to us. But we'll see you next time for another It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us.